Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Bible with you, pick up the Bible, and I'd like to share a verse with you from the Bible we're going to read. And you can go to Matthew chapter 24 and verse 35. And if you have one of our Bibles, it's page 532. Page 532. While you're turning there, I want to tell you that I have a book in my hand that I want to recommend to everyone. It is by one of our pastors here, Pastor Chris, has written a book, and it's called Peaks and Valleys. And so there's information in your program that you can pick up this book. I want to encourage you to get it. Your, his story is amazing. I think you'll be encouraged by it. So make sure you pick that up. Matthew. Matthew 24 and 35. So if you have one of our Bibles, you'll see the heading, the day and hour of the Lord. Just right up above that is the passage. It says this. Heaven and earth will what, everybody? Pass away. But my words will what, everybody? Never pass away. Can we pray over God's word? Lord, this is your word. We thank you for it. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would speak it into our hearts today, that it would change us forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'm excited today to share with you a message that I have that is going to be a lot of information. And you have in your possession a little card like this, everybody. We're in 21 days of prayer and fasting, and we're praying over these cards every week. Now, we, every request that was prayed over last week, we prayed over those, and so it's time to start anew. And so if you said, I filled out one last week, and, and God hasn't answered your prayer, then write it down again, because at the end of the service, we're going to bring them into the service. Did you hear that? <laughs> I'm I told you I'm a young man. I'm going through puberty. (laughs) But I want you to write on top of that card, I'm believing God for, and then write it down. Now, if God has answered your prayer, we want to know about it. So please uh, email us or call, text, whatever you, we want to know what God has done in your life. So keep that at the end of the service. We're going to bring them down and place them on the altar because we'll be praying again tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Today I want to talk to you about why the Bible can be trusted. Why can the Bible be trusted? And I'm going to give you a lot of information. This is not normally what I do, but I think it's important for you to know. So I want to give you a lot of information. We just read Matthew uh, 24. The Bible said that heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. So I want to give you five things today is proofs, I call them proofs, why the Bible can be trusted. So we're going to dive right in because I've got a lot of information I want to share with you. So you're going to get an information overload today. Here we go. Number one is because the Bible is historically accurate. It's historically accurate. Now, two, when we read the Bible, we read in the Bibles that are not, things that are not humanly possible. Would you agree with that, everybody? Like, there is no way that a person can live in the belly of a whale for three days. It's just humanly impossible. There is no way that a virgin uh, can have a baby. Amen, everybody? That's humanly impossible. 
There is no way that a, a dead man can, a man can be dead three days and be resurrected again. That's humanly impossible. So that's where faith comes in, right? And now I read a story about a little girl who uh, wrote a paper on Jonah and the whale. And she turned it in and her teacher read it and her teacher didn't like it because she was an atheist. The teacher was an atheist and said, how could you write something like that? Do you really believe this? And the little girl said, yes. Yeah. She said, well, how do you know that it happened? She said, I don't know. But when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Jonah how it happened. She said, well, how do you know that Jonah went to hell? I went to heaven. Maybe he went to hell. And she said, well, if that's the case, you can ask him. <laughs> bad preacher joke. Bad, bad, bad. Bad, bad, bad. That's right. That will be what the number one thing you take away from the day. You're going to tell that story. <laughs> the Bible says this in Psalms 33 and 4. Look what it says. The word of the Lord is right and what, everybody? And true. That's right. He is faithful in all he does. Now, in order for something to be historically accurate, it has to have an eyewitness account. And that's what I love about the scripture, especially the gospels are eyewitness account. Matthew walked with Jesus. Luke actually, Luke was a physician who actually went around and got, his stories are all eyewitness accounts. He went down and documented. Historians believe that Luke actually sat down and interviewed Mary. That's why he goes into more detail about the virgin birth than anybody else. It's because Mary told his story. In order for it to be true, it has to have also, it has to have, uh, be accurate, recorded accurately. And what I want you to know is this, is that the Bible, it was recorded very accurately because God entrusted to the Jewish people and they were the most meticulous people to write uh, or record the scripture. Matter of fact, they knew how many letters should be on each page. And so after they would write, they wouldn't write word for word, they'd write letter for letter. And at the end of, and when they got to the end of the page, they would count back from the beginning to the end and they knew exactly where the, what the letter, the middle letter should be. And if it wasn't, they just rip it all up and start all over again. Very, very meticulous. Also, the scripture, you know, many people say the scripture has changed from the time it was the original writings. In other words, the Bible that we have today is not the same that, you know, that was given thousands of years ago because it's morphed. We have all these translations. Well, let me tell you something. A translation is a translation from the original Hebrew and the original Greek. Now, what happened is the oldest copy of the Bible that we had, our writings we had for a long time were, were uh, they were actually found to be dated back to uh, 895 AD. But because there was a little shepherd boy that was playing in a cave in 1947 near the Dead Sea, west of the Dead Sea, all of a sudden, there was something that was uncovered and it was called the Dead Sea Scrolls. And out of the Dead Sea Scrolls, they, every book in the Old Testament was there except for the book of Esther was actually found. And let me tell you something, those scrolls dated back to 100 BC. It was amazing. And here's the, uh, here's the great thing, is that everything that we have today was still just like it was in 100 BC of, of the writings then. Everything was letter for letter. It was still the same. It had not changed at all. It's very, very accurate. Amen, everybody? Amen. Isn't that awesome? The power of God. And then also it has to be archaeologically confirmed. In other words, 
You know, we have to line these cities up. You know, with, if the Bible says there's a city, it has to be proven. And for years, for years, uh, that those that were against the Bible said, you know what? Well, there's a city that was listed over 46 times that the Bible called the Hittite nation. And there was no, we didn't see any kind of footprint of them being here, any archaeological footprint of them being here. And so, so the people that were against the Bible see, see, I told you so. See, I told you so. There's no, there's no evidence of that city. Well, in 1907, there was a German archaeologist who did a dig. And guess what he uncovered? The, the evidence of the Hittite people, everybody. What I'm telling you, heaven and earth can pass away, but God's word will last forever. And it's true, everybody. Amen? It's true. It's true. So, we see that it has to be historically accurate, but also, not only that, but it has to be prophetically accurate. In other words, the prophecies that are told in the Scripture have to come true. I want you to know there's over a thousand prophecies in the Bible, and 300, over 300 of those are about Jesus alone. 300 prophecies are about Jesus alone, over 300. And you know, for all of those to come true, then, then it, it takes God to do that. For example, could you, could you uh, imagine with me what it would be like to read the Old Testament and hear about Jesus? You would hear that, okay, he's going to be born in Bethlehem, yet he's going to come up out of Egypt and he's going to be raised in Nazareth. Now, if you were reading the Old Testament, you'd be like, how could that be? Okay, he's going to be in Bethlehem. He's going to come from Bethlehem. He's going to come from Egypt. He's going to be in Nazareth. How could that be? And we know the story. Because God fulfilled the prophecy right after Jesus was born, right? He was born in Bethlehem. Then Herod decided that he was going to kill all the little boys. And God had an angel wake Joseph up and move him to Egypt. And he lived in Egypt for a couple years. And then when Herod died, he moved back to Nazareth. Isn't that something, everybody? And, and there, for thousands, and the later, you know, and the last prophecy about Jesus was 400 years before he was ever born. Do you know that the psalmist prophesied how that Jesus would be crucified on the cross before crucifixion was ever invented? It's amazing. You can trust the prophecies of God. You can trust his word. Matter of fact, uh, I read about this guy by the name of Peter Stoner in studying for this. Peter Stoner is a mathematical uh, uh, whiz, and he had 100 people look at all the prophecies of Jesus, and he said, if only eight of the prophecies come true, the probability of that actually happening, if only eight of them, the probability of eight of those prophecies even coming true would be like taking a, a, a half dollars and filling up the whole state of Texas with two feet high of half dollars and marking one half dollar and putting it in that pile somewhere and getting a person and blindfolding that person and putting them out in Texas and say, okay, pick up that one half dollar. He said the probability is, is so far out there. But we believe in God who does the supernatural. Amen, everybody? Amen. He does the supernatural. The Bible says this in 2 Peter 1 and 21. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of who, everybody? Amen. Will of man. But men spoke where? From God. Men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. You see, these prophecies came to pass and I want you to know that more prophecies are in the Scripture that have not come to pass, and we find those in the book of Revelation. And I just want to tell you today that you don't want to be on the wrong side of that one. Amen, everybody? Amen. You know, I was thinking about this and thinking about how that the book of Revelation tells us that we're all going to be able to be tracked. 
Now, I can remember living back in the, you know, when I was a teenager in the 80s, the preachers used to try to scare the devil out of you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. You know, they're going to be this beast and they would just tell you all this stuff. And you better be ready. Jesus is coming right now. He may be here tomorrow. Get ready. Scare you to death. Well, I remember then them talking about that. And, of course, it's in the Scripture. And now here we are. Everyone have, every one of us have a tracking device in our purse or pocket right now. Amen, everybody? I mean, we, we know there's, there's a chip. They, want it, they put it in our animals, and they can't wait to put it in us. Okay, come on now. The Scripture said that thousands of years ago. How did they know? God. God. Revelation 22 and 6, the angel said, These words are trustworthy and what, everybody? The Lord, the Lord, the God of the spirit of the prophets sent his angel to show his servant the things that must soon take place. You want to be on the right side of this. And so let me just tell you something. When we start talking about prophecies in the book of Revelation, people can get scared. But here's the deal. If you're a child of God, you have nothing to be afraid of because we believe that, there's, that God's going to sound a trumpet and the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and the, we which are alive and remain are going to go be with him. In other words, the trumpet's going to toot, and we're going to scoot. <laughs> Amen, everybody? But let me just say this to you, and ca- just in case, just in case you're not sure. You say, Pastor Jeff, if that happened, I don't know if I'd go. Well, let's just settle it right now, because all it takes is believing in your heart. And you start, that, you start that process with a prayer. So those of you that are online as well, would everybody bow their head right now? And let's just settle this so nobody has to be afraid. And if this is you, why don't you just say this prayer with me? You want to be saved today. Say this, not even out loud, just in your mind. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Forgive me of my sins. I want to live my life for you. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Amen, everybody. Let's give God a hand for all the people that prayed that prayer. (laughs) Welcome to God's family, everybody. When you pray, those of you that prayed that prayer today, because many people do it, over 445 people did it last year in this room. Just check the box on the card that I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower, those of you online as well, so that I can send you something in the mail to help you on your journey. I want to do that, so make sure to check the box. Okay, the next one I want to share with you is this. The Holy Bible, why can the Bible be trusted? The Holy Bible is scientifically accurate. Now, I don't know enough about this. I'll just be transparent with you. So today, I have someone that's in the science field. She's a biologist. Her name is Katie Chung. Katie, would you come on out here? She has her bulldog shirt on. Yes, I like that. Have to support back-to-back Katie, national champions. Katie, I want to read. I want to read this one passage of scripture, and then I've got some questions I want to ask you about it. The Bible says this in Genesis one. It says, "In the beginning, God did what? Everybody created, created the heavens and the earth." Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good and and separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. 
Now, Katie, mm -hmm. my question to you is this, is that tell me about the scientific evidence of the solar system. Okay, so to begin, our solar system supports biblical creation in a variety of ways. Um, but to give a more specific perspective on this, we can point to three key features of our solar system being the sun, the moon, and our earth. Okay, so first, the most vital feature is um, our sun. And two specific details to point out here are the size of our sun and the location of it. So the size of our sun is um, very rare to be found in our universe, and then the location of it is also very specific. So it's just far enough away to where it doesn't get sucked into the center of our spiraling galaxy. Um, the second most vital feature of our solar system that supports an intelligent designer is our moon. And so the, the moon was so strategically placed that um, without it, there would be no life. So our moon acts as an Earth stabilizer and um, it stabilizes the axis of rotation. So if our axis was not stabilized, then our North Pole would eventually migrate towards the equator. And just from that sentence alone, we can just imagine the horrific climate changes we would have year round. So um, in fact, without the moon, intelligent life might not exist at all. So, and to compare, we can look over to our neighboring planet Mars, which is um, about the size of Earth. However, it has two moons, yet those moons are still too small to sort of um, stabilize its axis of rotation. And so still to this day, we have not discovered life. Um, and the third most vital feature being our Earth. Um, if Earth was smaller, then the gravity of Earth would also be smaller and would not be able to hold in our atmosphere. And if Earth was just slightly larger, then um, the gravity would be too strong. And so um, mountains wouldn't exist among many other things. So Earth also has these plate tectonics and continental drifts that also help support um, the sustainability of life. Um, and then, so actually, even more, thousands of years prior to um, scientists discovering that space, um, or that Earth is a sphere in space, Job tells us in 26 and 7 that God suspends Earth over nothing. And right there, that is just something that um, I believe science has given us, like, to be a fact checker for the Bible. Wow, did you just hear that, everybody? Yeah. Before science ever confirmed it, God had already confirmed it in his word. One of the oldest, oldest writings in our scripture from Job, everybody. When, the, when everybody thought the earth was flat for years, God had already said, no, it's round. Yeah, yeah well, absolutely. So God is the fact, uh, science is a fact checker for God. Is that what you just said? That is what wow. I said. Wow, the Google for God. The Google for God. How about that? Tell us about the blood. So Leviticus actually tells us that the life of the flesh or the life of the body is in the blood. And so um, it wasn't up until about 100 years ago when um, in the medical field, we started getting blood draws to learn of our diseases or our illnesses. And to this day, we still get these blood draws to keep ourselves healthy. We do regular physical checks or blood transfusions. And all of these indicate like what God was telling us all along. Um, so people used to bleed out like, um, George Washington, for example, he died from being bled out because he was ill. Because, and, wait a minute. Mm. So they would cut people. They would cut people. And let their blood, they, think that, they thought that would make them better. They thought that that would make them better. Oh, 
Okay, but, I'm glad we don't do that. Yeah, had they turned, <laughs> had they turned like to the bundle. I go to the dog and say, hey, you're one of those bleeders. Right? <laughs> and if, had they turned to the Bible and read that actually getting blood would be more vital to them surviving, then they'd have been better off. That Leviticus said Leviticus. life's in the blood. Life is in the blood. And it's amazing now how that they study our blood to determine what maybe what's wrong with it instead of getting rid of it. Absolutely. Wow. Isn't that awesome, everybody? Isn't that awesome? Katie, is there anything else that you would like to share with us from your data? Um, well, when we look at some of these images that come back from space, oftentimes in the news they will have, oh, we've discovered this planet that potentially could hold life on it. Well, these images aren't actually images of planets. They're more like artist rendering or an artistic um, depiction of what these potential planets are. So what you're really seeing is just um, a makeup of all these spectrophotometers or like radiometric waves that have been um, sent back because photos can't actually be sent back from outer space. Like our cameras can send pictures to and from each other. That doesn't happen in space. So really what you're seeing in the news, in the media, that's, it's not a true planetary body. It's just a made up picture. So, and like you were talking about, the Earth is the only thing that can create, sustain life. Right. Mars, you were saying, is about the same distance from the sun? It is, um, yeah, roughly. It's a little bit further out. However, Earth is closer to the sun than Mars. So, if Mars burnt up, well, Earth should have burnt up first. Right. <laughs> because it's much closer. And um, something also that's very special about Earth is, like, the orbit that we have. So we circle or we orbit the sun more circular as opposed to other planets. It's more elliptical or irregular. And so um, with our orbit being so detailed, the, the movement around it just sort of um, helps us sustain life. So if we were to move in an elliptical manner, then we, when we approach the sun, we would get too hot. And then as we move away, we would get too cold. And then life just could not be supported. So and what you're saying is that, there's, that Mars and mm -hmm. Earth are pretty close, same yeah. distance, but Mars is burned up and the Earth hasn't. Right. There's a God, everybody. Amen. Yeah. Come on, let's give Katie a hand, everybody. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Katie. Thank you. <clears throat> now, if you want to know more, see her in the lobby, because she's got a lot more, I can tell you that. She blew my mind. So we see the Bible can be Scientific, it's scientifically accurate. Again, the statement that she uses is that science is actually fact check God. She told me about how the creation and so forth, that how the light and the darkness, she's got a lot of things that just talk to her, okay? Uh, yeah. The fourth thing I would tell you this, why the Bible can be trusted is because the Holy Bible has survived all attacks. The Holy Bible has survived all attacks. I wrote this down. The Bible is the most despised, denied, it's the, uh, disputed, debated book of all time. It has been outlawed, it has been destroyed, and yet it still stands. Amen, everybody? It still stands. God's Word, we still have it. It still stands with us. There was a philosopher that I read about this week. His name was uh, Voltaire. Voltaire was a French philosopher in the, in the mid, uh, late 1700s. And his statement was this. 
he made a very famous statement that says, within 100 years, let me just read it. In 100 years, he said that the Bible would be forgotten or be an unknown book in 100 years. And that was in the late 1700s. Matter of fact, it was 1776 when he made that statement. You know, the only thing that's been forgotten is that statement. (laughs) Now, let me tell you something interesting. You want to watch God work? The very man that would print those, print uh, papers like that and send them out and dispute the scripture, his very home today, the French have bought it and it's actually a Bible society that is right in his property today. Isn't that amazing? It is believed that they bought his house after he died and they took the printing presses that he was printing all that stuff against the scripture and they begin to print Bibles with those same printing presses. Just look at God, everybody. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know what the Bible says? It says this in 1 Peter 1 and 24. The grass withers and the flowers fall away. Here we go. But the word of the Lord endures forever, everybody. Amen? The word of the Lord endures forever. And so what I'm trying to tell you today is that you can trust it. Let me tell you, as much as the Bible has been scrutinized and attacked and and been torn apart, if it could have been disproven, it would have been disproven by now. But it cannot be disproven because as Katie says, every time that they dig into it, it proves to be true. Why? Because we have a creator, almighty God, and it was inspired by God. It It was not written by man's thoughts. It was written by the thoughts and the spirit of God. Amen, everybody? And the B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Amen? What, you want to sing it? The B-I-B-L-E. No, you don't want me to. There we go. You're ready, aren't you? That's right. Some of you went to Sunday school too. I didn't only ride the church, I didn't only ride the school bus, I rode the church bus too. That's right. Remember, anybody remember the day the church bus come pick you up? I'm a product of that. Yes, sir. I'm a product. The fifth thing is this. Why the Bible can be trusted? The Holy Bible has life-changing power. It has life-changing power. The Bible says this in John. Jesus actually says this. John 8, 31 and 32. Jesus said, here we go. If you hold to my what, everybody? If you hold to my teachings. Again, you got to hold to it. Not just hearing it, but you got to hold on to it. Because see, when you just hear it and a difficulty comes, you'll let go of it. But if you hold on to it, it changes you. He says, if you hold to my teachings, you're really my disciples. And then you will know the what, everybody? The truth. God's word is truth. There is no other truth. Let me just say this to you. Do I like everything the scripture asks of me? No. Do you? No. But it's truth whether I like it or not. And it's for my good whether I like it or not. Amen? Amen. He says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. There is no peace without truth. Did you hear that? That's what the next generation is looking for, peace. They're looking for peace. The anxiety is at an all-time high. And why is that? Because there is a lack of truth. When 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 you have your truth and I have my truth and they have their truth, there is no truth. 
And so we have to have one truth. And when you hold to the truth, you have peace. That's why Jesus said this, my peace I give you, not the peace the world gives. Amen, everybody? Amen. The Word of God changes you. I want to show you this picture of this family. This is uh, Joe Logan's family. You see that picture of that beautiful family? Well, a picture doesn't always tell the story, does it? I want you to know that Joe was on drugs. And he tried everything to get off drugs. And nothing was working. Until one day, somebody gave him a Bible. And Joe said he tried, had tried so many things to get off it, and he could not get off. Rehab wasn't working. But he began to read the Bible. And every time that Joe would start to put the Bible down, he said something would just say, read a little more. And he said, I just kept reading the Bible until finally he said, I would start to do drugs, I'd read the Bible. I'd start to do drugs, I'd read the Bible. He said, I want you to know in 2014, it was a year that God's Word delivered me from drugs. Amen, Amen everybody. Amen. It changes you. And he said, you know, Jeff, he says, I, I wanted to give up smoking too. He said, but you know, I, I didn't do it then. He said, but I just kept reading the Bible, kept reading the Bible. He said, the more I read the Bible, he said, you know, I tried all those patches. I tried everything I could. He said, finally, I just said, you know what, God, your word can deliver me. And he said, one day I said, God, I'm going to pick up your word every time I start thinking about picking up a cigarette. <laughs> and all of a sudden he said, you know, two years ago, Jeff, I, I gave up smoking. I'm just saying it, the Bible will help you, everybody. It's personal to me. Listen, when I got saved, I was just a little 15-year-old punk. That's all I was. I was that bad teenager. But I got saved. I gave my life to Jesus. I went to the altar and somebody said, you pray and you ask Jesus to come to your life. I did. I didn't know what I was doing, but I did it. And then somebody said, well, now, if you're going to be a Christian, you need to read the Bible. Okay, I hadn't read a book my whole life. Read the Bible. I remember getting that little old Bible, it's the King James Version. Shoot, I couldn't even say, I couldn't even speak the way we speak, let alone the King's English. Amen, they got the D's and the Dow's, and I was like, what in the world am I trying to read here? I couldn't even hardly read it. But I would read it. Not really knowing, and I remember reading that if you want to pray, get in your closet and pray. Well, that's what it said. And I shared a room with my brother. And we had a little bitty closet in our house. They didn't have big walk-in closets where I was. No, we had a little bitty closet. And there was a little bitty clothes hamper right there where we put our dirty clothes. And I'd go crawl in that closet. I said, God, I don't know what I'm doing here. But your word said, get in the closet and pray. And as a 15-year-old kid, I learned how to seek God because I read the Bible. I didn't understand it. 
but the parts that I did, I'd try to do. And I'm telling you, I'm standing here today because God's word got inside of me and it changed this heathen. You know what's funny? It's after I got saved, my mom and dad divorced. I was living with my dad at this time. And after I got saved, my mom said, you know, I started, Rhonda and I become boyfriend and girlfriend after I got saved. I had, Rhonda's rule was they had to be a Christian. And I didn't know that, but God was preparing us. But I got saved and Rhonda and I met about three weeks later. We started our little boyfriend girlfriend thing. And first thing my mama said, that girl done changed you. That girl done straightened you out. That girl has straightened you out. Well, I know Rhonda has added to my life. But this is what straightened me out. This is what straightened me out. So today, I want to challenge you. The challenge is this, is read the Bible. Read the Bible. I don't care if it's one verse a day, read the Bible. Those of you that are committed to reading with us, please make sure you come and do your part on the campus because we're reading the Bible through because the Bible says that God's word will never return void. Amen. It will go out and accomplish what it's set to do. And I'm telling you that when you, when you want to know what God's will is, you want to know what God wants, you just read the Bible. And it's amazing how he'll reveal his will when you read the Bible. Listen, listen I'm going to tell you this and we're going to pray. The only reason Rhonda and I are still married is because of this book. Listen, listen to me. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, listen. We would get in an argument. Well, I would fuss at her because she wouldn't fuss back. She's just like that. You ever married somebody like that? Been with somebody like that? Man, you're like, let's, let's, let's just get it out. So I'd get it out, and she'd just sit there and look at me. I'm like, how in the world are you supposed to fight with somebody who won't fight back? I'd be so mad. We'd go to bed. We'd go to bed so mad at each other. You could drive a semi-truck right through our bed. You wouldn't touch one of us. Hang on, get yourself away from me. Oh, you've never done that, but we have. But I have this habit. Started when I was 15 years old. Read the Bible. I'd get up the next morning early. I always get up and go open up the Bible where I felt like an because I was mad. I didn't want to read the Bible. I was mad at her. I read the Bible. I could open up in Genesis 1 and 1, say, in the beginning, God, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit get me. I can't tell you how many times that's happened where I went down there, I woke her up and said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've been a jerk again. I'm sorry. It's God's Word. You see what I'm talking about? As soon as I opened it up, the Holy Spirit said, it's you. Go down and talk to her. Every time I go, we want to knock on the door and wake her up. She's like, yes. <laughs> she said, Jeff, I thank God you read the Bible. I'm telling you, it changes your life. Amen, everybody? Now, you have those cards that we've, we've written things down on that we're going to be praying over. I want you to get those out because this is the greatest thing that we can do for each other is pray for one another and you to put your need on the altar. If you haven't written that, we're writing, what can I believe God for? Or I'm believing God for. And then you fill that in and we're praying over you. And we're believing God. You should see all the people here at 6 a.m. that are praying over your needs. And if you can come, I want you to come at 6 a.m. Just one time, come and get on your knees before God and watch what he will do. Amen, everybody.
Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.